Alright, welcome to the latest edition of Sports Take. I'm Jonathan, and this is another kind of quick uh, Spurs edition. Going to kind of recap the last couple of games. Uh, preview tonight's game against Golden State, and just go over some of the latest news and rumors that have been circulating out there. Uh, but first of all, let's talk about the last couple of games. Um, Chicago Friday night. Wasn't expecting a win out of that. You know, hosting one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. DeMar's return. Really nice tribute to him. Uh, no Lonzo Ball and Alex Crusoe. But they have Levine. They have Vukovic. They have DeMar. Still three all-star caliber players. One of which is... But we came out and we played a really, really great game. Um, I think the first thing that jumps at me is the line from Jakob and Keldon. You know, Keldon dropping 23 and 8, 50% from 3. Just being a becoming a real sharpshooter. Uh but Jakob, Jakob, 60% from the free throw line. Wow. I'll take it. I would take that every game over, but what's it been, 30% half that? But 21, four assists, 11 rebounds, well, only one block, but um, Chicago doesn't attack the rim as much as you think. You know, DeMar and Levine were DeMar and Levine, each dropping 30 pieces. But, uh, man, DJ near triple-double again. And that's only in 29-12-9 in 36 minutes. That's nice. I think that's pretty... I don't think he could average 36 minutes a, a game... I'd have to see where he's at right now. I know Pop doesn't like to play his guys that much every night. But, like I've been saying, I think for the Spurs to win, DeJounte's going to have to up that average from, I think it's 20 or 21 right now, to probably about 24. 24 a night. Even if that sacrificed the assist numbers, I mean, he could easily average 10 assists a game. But even if he averaged 24... Eight and eight. That I think that's winning basketball for us. Um, I'd like to see him be more assertive in the beginnings of games. I know he's trying to get his teammates involved, running the pick and roll with Jakob. It that's cool and it's good to get your guys some early shots. But this is, I mean, if they're hitting, great. But if early on, you know, two, three empty possessions, it's time to go to work. You're the top dog on the team. Be assertive. Go get it. Get us rolling. Keep us in the game. Whoever's going to hop on for the ride, whether it's Keldon, Lonnie, Derek, Doug, you know, it'll come. But you're the star, potentially an all-star. Go get it, man. It's your team now. Um... But it was a it was a really good effort from them against a really solid team. Uh, I mean, honestly, we played well against all the Eastern contenders. I mean, we should have beat Brooklyn. We've beaten Milwaukee. We should have beat them twice. Um, you know, we struggled against Philly. 
we we were in it with Cleveland. We beat Boston both times. So uh, you know we're we're strong against some of those Eastern contenders. So that was the highlight of the weekend. Then the other night was it Sunday night. Yeah, we go to Phoenix, and the news is no DJ, no Derek, no Jakob. At first, when I saw that it was Derek White out for rest, I got a little concerned. I was, I immediately started thinking about the trade rumors, and then all of a sudden, oh, man, you're holding a guy out. Is there something going on? But that's reading a little too much into things. But again... This time I did not have near as much faith as I did against the Bulls. Um, just for you know obvious reasons, but they came out strong. Phoenix probably looking a little past us with our top guys out, but we played really well. Trey Jones, he finished with fifteen and nine, but most of that really good work was in the first half, and he was just running the show. <clears throat> Now, I'm going to stand firm in my belief that Trey Jones should have spent at least the first half of this year in Austin working on his three-point shot. I'm, I'm going to stand firm with that. Yes, he's playing really good basketball when he's out there. We know he can run the show. I mean, 15-9, and nine, I mean, we saw those kind of numbers in Austin the you know, last year. We know what he can do. I just wanted him to develop that outside shot because what he doesn't need any work on is his speed. No big man can keep up with him. He is extremely dangerous on the offensive end. Defensively, he shows good instincts. He's still a little on the smaller side, but good instincts, good effort. An underrated athlete as well, but offensively man he can run the pick and roll he's got a really sweet in between game makes things happen he was literally pulling things out of nowhere even i think sean said it you know he was he kept saving possessions over and over again i would like to see him just get up a couple more threes if you're not going to be in austin working on they're spacing you. You gotta, you gotta make them respect it. It doesn't. It's, it's not a mechanical issue. He's got good mechanics. I think it's a confidence issue. I think he doesn't see himself as a three-point shooter, so he doesn't look to take those threes. I don't know if he's been told by coaches, "Hey, don't shoot the three. But on the flip side, you have Keldon, who had an, he had a good game just an off shooting night you know 16 points eight boards that's a really solid night for him but two of eight from three most were most were good looks i mean he doesn't get his shot blocked at all very often but there were a couple moments especially early on i think everyone saw it sean noted it um balls going around the horn he probably should have made one more pass to devin in the corner but Devin didn't have a good shooting night either. He finished 1 of 5 from 3, 2 of 12 overall. He was not shooting the ball well. But I know Pop didn't like it. And yes, it's probably the better basketball play to continue to swing the ball. But when you're a fairly proven, it's only been half a season, but a fairly proven 40% plus three-point shooter, 
you have to you i mean just naturally you develop a three-point shooter's mentality where man if i've got the daylight i'm gonna take the shot i'm confident in myself i believe i can make the shot i want to shoot it every time but then you have those nights and unfortunately if just a couple more of those have gone in maybe we win the game but still overall i mean he did a lot of good things was attacking the basket but not over attacking you know stop mid-range jump shots you know spin go for the baby hook not, not everything needs to be attack and draw contact you can attack use your advantages your size put that shoulder into the shot blockers and then go up for a nice touch shot he has great touch use your advantages you know, you, the mistakes he, the last few weeks he had started kind of creeping back towards those mistakes early on. You saw Primo make those mistakes a couple of times where it's just slow down, see the play developing ahead of you, and just play a little more under control. You know, Primo, I mean, it's his, he's 19 years old, it's his first year. He's going to make those mistakes. That It's It's fine. But that's also why he's in Austin, for the most part. Um, and yeah, he had a good game, made some threes. Um, he definitely has the potential to be one of the better three-point shooters on the team. Uh, occasionally he settles for deep threes. Probably could limit those. Um, his ball handling looked good last night. Some passes were a little suspect uh he's got to get that kind of reeled in a little bit and not everything needs to be a highlight play and not everything needs you know the one-handed passes kind of wide from your body you know just make the simple pass but that's why he's up here right now but full roster healthy spending time in austin Make those mistakes down there. You know, we're, you know, we have a real legitimate shot at overtaking Portland for that tenth and final playing spot. If you want that playing spot and you want a chance to make a little noise in the play-in, you have to play winning basketball. And rookies aren't always going to play winning basketball. They're going to make those mistakes, and you just don't want those mistakes in close games and fourth quarters. And things like that. Uh, but yeah, and like I said, Devin had a little bit of an off night. But sometimes when he's struggling, he starts to force some shots. But really, all of his looks were his natural looks. Mid-range shots on the pull-ups, threes, minus that one open three Kelton didn't give him. Uh, but I mean, you know, you're just going to have nights like that. But I think the biggest takeaways from Phoenix were McDermott and Lonnie. Doug is just unreal when he's when he gets it going. It's so important that he gets those early looks. When he's rolling, it just it, it makes the game flow better for us. It it gives everybody confidence. Sometimes a little too much confidence from three, but 
And he doesn't just take threes. He attacks the basket. He's got an all-around game. But 24 points, outstanding effort from him. But what I really liked was Lonnie's effort. He got up a team-high 21 shots. Unfortunately, he missed every three-pointer he took, but still finished with 22 points, five boards. Um, two steals. But that's that's the kind of aggression I'd like to see him. Maybe not 20 shots a night, but maybe somewhere closer to the the 12 or 15. You know, the Bulls game, he only got up seven. I'd like to see that at least doubled. Um, you know, when Keldon's going, he gets up about that many. So I, I think Lonnie needs to find that happy medium somewhere around the 12, 13 shots a night mark. 21's a lot, but that's, you know, you're missing DJ and Dare. There's more opportunities. But just being aggressive, staying aggressive. His finishing at the rim over bigs has really taken a leap. Um, his free throw shooting is always good. Developed a real nice mid-range spot. He's, I don't know if he's quite developed the spots on the floor like DJ has. Like you watch DJ, you know, go to work and he has, you know, three, four, five spots that he knows if he gets to, he can make the shot. He will make the shot. Lonnie kind of has that at the top of the key. Uh, I'd like to see him work to get to that spot more. I see him develop a couple more spots in the mid-range. I mean, he's a capable three-point shooter, but I'd like to see him be able to attack and get those higher percentage shots more because really what's killing us is not three-point shooting. It's just stringing together empty possessions. So if you had, if you take higher percentage shots and make a couple more of those, you know, we probably stay in and win more than we would if you go and miss five threes or six threes, Keldon. But overall, it was a great effort from those guys against Phoenix. Really close. I will say this. We got screwed by the refs. That was a obvious travel by Devin Booker when he went tumbling. They didn't call it. Led to a Booker three which forced our hand at the other end. I think the other end, I think Lonnie turned it over, which led to another Devin Booker three, and then that was pretty much the game. What would have happened if they had made the right call? Who knows? But that was a very, very bad missed call. Um, There's no excuse for that. There's three of you out there. Someone has to see that correctly. And, I mean, at least they didn't call a foul, because it definitely wasn't a foul, but... To not make the correct call is just ridiculous, and that really hurt us. Wasn't anything our guys did. And then tonight, we've got the Warriors in town. They're on the second night of back-to-back. They just finished beating Houston, which was kind of funny. Uh, There was some back-and-forth going on between Kevin Porter Jr. (laughs) Now, he's saying he didn't talk trash to Steph. As a matter of fact, on his post, he said he was locked in. That's locked with two C's, by the way. I hope that's a typo. <laughs> um, because 
Steph Curry is not the guy to talk trash to. Especially in a close game, heading into the fourth, and then he dropped 21 on you in the fourth quarter. That's not the guy to talk to. Go talk to Steve Kerr. <laughs> Don't talk to Steph. So they're coming into town off of a good win. Uh, no Clay Thompson. He's out for rest. Makes sense. So a shorthand, a little bit of a shorthand Warriors. Still no Draymond, but I tell you what, you got to watch out for some of these other guys. Jonathan Kaminga's been playing really well. Really good athlete. Pretty good shooter. And then one of my favorite players, I've liked him since he came out of college, Gary Payton II. I mean, I was a big fan of his dad's. He's finally, I think, found a home. Even, I mean, even if he doesn't stay in Golden State, I think he has proven that he is an NBA player. He plays really good defense. He's a decent shooter. He's a killer athlete. Uh, really, really happy for him finding success in the NBA now. Hopefully he doesn't have much success tomorrow night. But I think tomorrow, or I guess now it's tonight, you just got to get the ball out of Steph's hands. He's had a, some struggles here and there the past few weeks. If you can get the ball out of his hands and have him force up some, just make him have an inefficient night, I think we got a really good shot. We've beaten Golden State early in the season. If everyone's playing, which I believe they will, uh, we got a good shot. We got a puncher's chance every night. Uh, we just got to hit shots, make good decisions with the ball. People need to stay aggressive. But on defense, it's just get the ball out of his hands and don't give up anything easy. Make somebody else beat you, whether it's Wiggins or Iguodala. I don't care. Just make somebody else beat you. And, yeah, just don't let Steph get any highlight plays. It's really annoying hearing our own crowd ooh and awe over him. <sighs> just... Play your hearts out and should have a decent chance tonight. So let's, I want to move on to a couple things. Uh, more Thad Young stuff is coming up. People throwing out mock trades, if you will. Again, some of these trades are probably not that realistic. Um... I think clutch points or whatever that site is. They put up one with New York. Sending that to New York and us getting Obi Toppin and Alec Burks. Well, I mean, it's hard, for, it's hard to work for us because we don't have the roster spots. There's more roster moves we'd have to make. Now, would I love Obi Toppin? Absolutely one of my favorite players going out there. But I don't know how much that really makes sense for New York. Especially since Obi is a New York guy. That was a great story in the draft. But some of these are just really, really hard to make. Again, that $14 million contract is not easy to move. Especially with kind of an, I don't want to say unproven. People know Thad, but he sat for most of the year. Now, it was nice the other night. I can't remember who they were playing. I've been Memphis. I can't remember. But he came in. He had like 12 points in like 11 minutes. So, he does nice things, but he doesn't really shoot the ball from the outside where that's kind of the valued attribute nowadays. So for a team, a contending team to give up, to put together $14 million isn't easy. 
Is it doable? Yeah, it's doable, especially if you get a third team involved, but that's a lot. I've said before, it's more than likely heading to a buyout. I know nobody wants to hear that, but look, we got something for DeMar. We got a first-round pick for DeMar. We're fine. It's okay. We're good. Um, the other big one is, uh, I guess teams are calling about DJ and Derek. Atlanta's calling about Derek, which makes all the sense in the world. If they don't think they can get Ben Simmons, then why not find another guard that plays really good defense that we can put next to Trey? And Derek definitely fits the bill there. Now, the obvious return that everybody would want is John Collins. Did I want the Spurs to sign John Collins this summer? Yes, I did. Um, I think I've, I've talked about it before with Jakob kind of really finding himself now. I think the best thing to do if you're not going to upgrade the five spot, and there's not really any ways to upgrade the five spot at the moment unless you were to try to make a run at Miles Turner. Uh, see if you can go get your hands on a versatile four, a versatile stretch four, which John Collins is. He fits it to the T. Uh, but the interest in Collins has never really been confirmed. Uh, it's always been it's been steadily reported, but it's never been confirmed. Uh, I never saw anything about us offering him a deal in the summer. I don't know if they want him at that cap price. They may still not want him. Sp- invest that much money into uh, Collins. Now, a lineup of DJ with Collins and McDermott, Jakob, probably McDermott and Keldon. It's nice. It's nice. And I think Collins could give that weak side defensive support that Jakob needs that he can't get from you know our current wing setup of Keldon and Doug. But I don't know. Uh, it also, it's not a straight up deal like that. It would probably have to include Thad to make the money work. And then on top of that, <laughs> how much do you like next year's draft? Because that first round pick, that lottery pick, that's gone. You make that deal. Um, at the moment, that's really looking like it's going to be like the seventh or eighth pick. Still some talent to be had there. Um, I haven't looked too much at prospects yet. I like to wait closer to the conference tournaments, watch film, then watch the conference tournaments, then watch the main tournament and see how those top prospects do. But, I mean, obviously in the mock draft, someone that could be there is the is Jalen Duran from Memphis, versatile big man, 7'5 wingspan. You know, something, you know, a prospect at the five spot. Never know. But I don't know. We don't know who they're interested in yet. We'll see. When we, they may not value that pick. They may, because we're in that same position Chicago was a couple years ago. I think I've said it before on previous episodes. We could possibly jumpstart the rebuild or fast forward a bit similar to the way Chicago did you know Chicago was sitting there with Zach Levine and some other decent players 
lottery pick in hand and said, you know what? Vukovic is available. That's an all-star caliber center. Let's go get him. Boom. They had Vukovic. Now, they weren't good right away. Then they went out in the summer and spent money. Brought in DeMar, brought in Lonzo, brought in Caruso. And they immediately turned into a contender in the East. And that's the East. Now, can we do possibly the same thing here? We're in a similar position. I think we have a better foundation than what Chicago had. Um, they had the better player in Levine, but you know we're sitting here with DJ, who's, I think, an all-star. And we've got one of the better defensive centers in Jakob. I mean, we've, and we got young players all up and down the roster that have value and potential. So if you were to grab a John Collins, does that is it worth that first round pick? Is it worth saying goodbye to one of your better defensive guards? Maybe. Maybe. If they really like him and they really want him and that deal is there to be had, I I mean they'll do it. But you know, it's are they willing to give up that first round pick and Derek? Are they willing to take on that cap number with Collins? Uh, remains to be seen. DJ's not going anywhere. You forget about that. Teams can teams calling about DJ. They're they're not getting through. They're leaving. They're leaving messages. They're going straight to voicemail. Jakob um, rumors started a few weeks back. Again, I think the price tag is probably too going to be too high for teams on a friendly contract, but it's just too high. Um, another rumor that we're interested in CD Osman, that is actually, I have all the rumors. <clears throat> that's the most believable every year. We're never really rumored to be interested in anybody <clears throat> except for those random wing players. And CD Osman's a decent player. Don't get me wrong. So is there a potential deal there? Eh, maybe. Cleveland's a contender. Is it possibly a Thad Young type deal? Who knows? I haven't actually looked at that yet. I will later. But, um, of course, it, I mean, it's, it's no surprise to anybody. It's probably going to be a quieter deadline. We still got some time. There's probably going to be more rumors popping up between now and the deadline. It's a fun time of year. And we will see what happens going forward. But again, I like our chances tonight against the Warriors. And I think we have the Rockets later in the week. I really like our chances there. But thanks for listening. Wherever you're listening from, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Again, tell your friends, your family, your pets about the podcast. Let's get let's get it shared out there and let's get people listening. And uh, till next time, that is how we do that.